Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. Galatians 4.1. It says, what I'm saying is, is, you ain't got to turn there for a second time. Listen to it. He going to put it up. What I'm saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different than a slave, although he owns the whole estate. Do you get that? What I'm saying is as long as the heir is a child, he is no different than a slave, although he owns the whole estate. You know, it's okay when you're a child and you don't know that, that you own the whole thing. That's all right. But when you become an adult and you don't know as a son or a daughter your inheritance that your daddy left you, something's wrong with that. Amen? This inheritance hadn't got to be worked for. You can't earn it. He left it for you, left your name on it because it's yours when you come into the right time of a son or a daughter. Come on. Jesus done paid for it. Hebrews 12, 2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorned its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. How did Jesus make it through what he was facing or going through? He said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, and he scorned the shame. Come on, somebody. How are you going to make it through what you're going through? Because you got to see yourself winning. you got to see yourself getting through to the other side. That's what's going to give you the strength to make it through right now. going to give you some hope. Because you got to see yourself. If you lose, want to lose weight, what do you do? you got to see yourself skinny. Come on, somebody. Got to give you some hope. Amen? Any of y'all ever played uh, the game of what do you see in the, in the sky driving down the road? You'll be looking up there and your kid will say, man, I see a dog. You see that? And everybody in the car is looking. You know, and everybody, by the time, you know, Tracy slaps me and you drive, we'll look. You know. And, you know, they, no, I don't see a dog. I see a cat. No, 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 no. I see a giraffe. And for long, you all looking out, and the people behind you, they all looking out up there. You know, it's funny how you can, two people can look at the same thing and see something totally different. Amen? It's our perception is different. Our perspective, our view. We, we all see things different by the way you and I were brought up and through the experiences and the trials and the tests and the hurts and the pains and the rejections and the disappointments. It's through those eyes that often you and I see through. But it's not the Lord's eyes. It's not the Lord's eyes. Two salesmen one time went to Africa. Shoe salesman knew. Got down there and one of them said, my God, don't send no shoes. These people don't wear shoes. They all running around barefooted. That was his view and he come home. The other salesman they sent down there, he said, my God, send every size you got, every color, every brand, send it as fast as you can. Ain't none of them got no shoes on. They all need them. Do you see how two people can see the same thing, but they got a different view of it? One time, a daughter went to college, and she got a, they sent a letter home to her mom and daddy. Hope this don't happen to you. But here's what the girl said. Dear mom and dad, I'm sorry to be so long in writing you again, but all my writing paper was lost in the dormitory when it got burned down by the demonstrators. I'm out of the hospital now, and the doctor says my eyesight should be back to normal sooner or later. The wonderful boy, Bill, who rescued me from the fire, kindly offered me to share his little apartment with me until the dorm is rebuilt. He comes from a good family, so you won't be surprised when I tell you we're getting married. 
In fact, you've always said you'd love to have grandchildren, so by, about this time next month, you're going to have your first grandbaby. So <laughs> please disregard this practice of English composition. There was no fire. I was not in the hospital. I am not blind. I'm not pregnant. I don't even have a boyfriend. But I did get a D in French and an F in chemistry. And I just wanted to make sure you had the right perspective when you read the news. I mean, oh, it's all about your perspective. In other words, there's a worse, something worse than my D and my F, mama. So be glad. Amen? I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about a new perspective. A new perspective. You know, I, I went to the House of Grace. I get the honor of going there uh, twice a month on Tuesday nights. And I pulled up, had my little message ready. And about the time I pulled up the other night, went to get out of the car. I had the Lord speak to me. He broke me. And he says, I wish those men in there saw themselves the way that I see them. And then I heard a song. So I went in and totally just changed, didn't do the other message, just totally went from the cuff. And that's a powerful thought. The Lord says, I wish my children could see themselves the way that I see them. You know, for some of you at Thanksgiving, it was a time of joy and, and uh, just celebration of family and friends, and we call it food, fun, and fellowship, Amen. But, you know, for some of you, it was a time to reflect back on your year of your, uh, you know, your victories and your defeats and you're trying to decide what your, you know, goal is for the next year. And, but for some of you, it was a horrible day simply because, you know, you were hurting because someone wasn't there that normally was. Amen? It's a real deal. There's a lot of hurting and depressed people Really, and the suicide rates go up around the holidays, it's much worse than any other time of the year because the holidays, it, it brings all that back to you. And, you know, maybe you know people like this that have suffered great loss or tragedy or, you know, some people got in a car wreck, maybe got an injury, uh, maybe you had to make a career change or you went through, you know, a divorce, a business failure, or, you know, a bankruptcy, a situation maybe that happened that was beyond your control that uh, you, you couldn't have anything, couldn't have stopped it. And if you're not careful, if you don't keep the right perspective, people can turn into POWs, you know, prisoners of war because of hurt and pain and rejection. And it's in times like these, these dark seasons, these dark moments that we must keep the right perspective, if you will, the right outlook of life. Why? Because we can move forward and, and go to the next level or, or keep walking forward and walk right into the next chapter of our lives. And you see, questions in these dark seasons and dark moments have to be answered correctly because how we see our situation and how we see our circumstances will determine uh, our present behaviors, our attitudes, and our plan of action. Is what on you and I. I mean, our action is based on what you and I believe. Helen Keller wrote one time, the only thing worse than being blind is to have your sight, but to have no vision. The worst thing, worse than being blind, 
is for you to have your sight, but you don't have no hope. You don't have no vision for tomorrow. That's blind. That's blind. Before you'll ever get what's out there, you've got to see it in here. Come on, somebody. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So in all your dark seasons of life, these questions have to be answered properly. You've got to ask yourself in this dark season, you know, what do I see? I'm asking you today, what do you see? When you do see, are you always seeing the past? Are you seeing your future? How do you see yourself? That's a big one. We need a new perspective on that. That's what pastor been doing, amen? How do others see you? Way too many of us base our value on what other people have said or thought about us. But what really matters is how God the Father sees me. And if he accepts me, Oh, well, it, it doesn't even matter. You know what I'm saying? So the Lord all through the Bible began to ask people questions. In Genesis, he says, where are you, Adam? He says, Sarah, why did you laugh? He asked Jeremiah twice, what do you see? In Zechariah, he asked him twice, what do you see? He asked Jacob when he rested all night, what is your name? When Elijah was running and hiding in a cave, he said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Feeding the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, he said, what do you have? In Ezekiel 37, God set the prophet in the valley of dry bones and said, can these bones live? See, in all these moments, we must ask ourselves, why this God, the all-knowing one, the all-present one, the one they call wisdom, what's he doing asking you and I questions? See, when God asks you a question, it's not because he don't know the answer. It's because you and I uh, have got the wrong view, and he's trying to ask you the right question to adjust mine and your view to see things how he sees things. Because me and you see on this level, we see the beginning of something, but God already sees the end of a thing. So you see a seed, but God sees a harvest. Come on. It's, a, it's such a higher way of thinking. God took him to the valley of dry bones that was scattered on the floor because he wanted to transform the way he saw his nation and his generation. He asked in Isaiah, he said, Jacob, why do you say my way is hidden from the Lord? In your darkest times, in your dark seasons, I'm sure there'll be times that you have said, why, Lord, is my way hidden from you? You might be in here like that today. Anybody ever asked that? Why is my way hidden? He said, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He'll never grow tired or weary. In his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young people stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, as pastor said, shall renew their strength. Come on. They're going to soar on wings like eagles. Run and not go where You'll walk and not faint. Those who hope in the Lord, they're going to renew your strength. What's renew mean? He's going to make it new again. He's going to make it new for you again. For all of you in a dark season right now, I want you to remember, 
Matthew 27, 45, it's, this is where Jesus was on the cross. The Bible says from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, the great darkness covered all the land. From the sixth hour to the ninth hour, great darkness covered the whole land. Have you ever felt like that? The great darkness covered your land, and you couldn't find your God. You ever been there? The reason that God put the numbers in the Bibles just not to fill space, everything in there is important, and he meant something by it. But the sixth hour might be when it began, but he put the ninth hour in there because he wanted you to know that your dark season and your your time, your dark moments had an expiration date that it was going to run out and it wasn't going to be dark for you no more. That's what he wanted. See, most of us don't like the dark season. Some of us call it the process, but heaven knows every time you got a promotion or a word over your life of destiny, you're all going to go through a process. We all go go through dark times and, and dark seasons that God's doing things and cutting things out of your life and cutting that away from you, changing you, shifting you, giving you a new mindset, moving out old thinking because he wants to do something brand new in your life. See, most of us have underestimated the power of the dark season in our life. Do you understand that Adam never would have had an Eve if, if God hadn't put him in a dark uh, season and a deep sleep? I mean, he never would have got an Eve out of him. God said, Adam, there's something great on you, son. There's something that I've hid on the inside of you, but it can't come out no other way unless I shut your eyes and put you in a deep sleep and I'm going to reach my hand down. I'm going to pull it out of you because it's been hid in you. Before you ever got here, I knew I had it in you. My goodness, Moses, you'll be the greatest deliverer to stand before the greatest army on earth. And you're going to stand and you're going to declare what I say. And I'm going to deliver, do mighty miracles through you. But before that happens, I got to put you on the backside of the desert and I got to hide you for 40 years until the time is right, the stage is set, and I call you out. Dark times. Dark times. Jacob, you are a prince with God. You've been called a liar, a cheater, a swindler. But it's in this dark season where he wrestled with God all night that God says, you are a prince. You are Israel. It's in the dark seasons that this stuff happens in our life. Joseph was called to what? Be a prince. Joseph went to prison. Joseph was lied on. Joseph was rejected. But see, he had to go through all that. For God to bring him up and elevate him. Paul wrote most of the New Testament, 13 epistles, thrown into jail, wrote most of it from prison in jail, shipwrecked, beaten, stoned, come on, left for dead. But it's in those darkest hours of his life that he got the greatest revelation to put on paper. And the greater the, the darkness for him, the greater the revelation that the Lord did. We don't like all that. But any time the Lord's getting ready to promote you, any time the Lord's getting ready to elevate you, right before that usually, you're going to go through a dark season. You're going to go through a dark time, and he's doing his work. But I'm going to tell you something. It's worth staying in it for what's on the other side. See, the church, we have sown our seed, man. We have sown and sown and sown. Some have sown in tears. Prayed and prayed and prayed and seemingly some things have not turned out like we thought. But you know what? 
all them seeds, every tear you've ever, ever cried, they've been all bottled up, honey. And I'm telling you, it's harvest time. I'm telling you, it's harvest time in the land. It, things weeping endureth for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Come on. Things are not always going to be like they are today. He said, don't compare your present suffering with the joy, with the that's glory that's going to be revealed in you. See, there's greatness in you. In the midst of all that darkness, there's purpose. There's destiny. God's got a greater plan. He's got a greater plan for you. See, I remember Noah one time. Noah went through a time of darkness in his own life. Do you remember in Genesis 7, you know what the Lord said to him? He didn't say go into the ark. He said come into the ark. See, if he said go into the ark, that means you go on into your problem, into your darkness, and that might have caught me by surprise, and I'll show up later. But he didn't do that. He said come into the ark, meaning that I already got here before, I, before you ever went through what you did. I already saw it. I already knew when it was going to happen. None of your mess done caught me by surprise. So your darkest stuff, I don't have to come up with no plan B. It's all plan A, honey. I knew it was going to happen to you. That's why I came already, came into this art, waiting on you to come in here. See, ark in Hebrew means a coffin, means a box. So what God was saying is, I want you to come, Noah, come into this tight place with me. Come into this place of death. Come on, somebody. Come into this dark place. Uh, come, come into this place where there is no life. Come into me, and you just lay down right here. I'm already in here. You just come in here to me, and let's just ride this thing out together. See, why are you in here with me? I'm going to cut every dead thing out of your past. I'm going to cut it away from you. Everything that hurts you, all the rejection, all the failures, everything, everything. There's a storm coming. Just come on into the ark, honey. Let's just ride this thing out together. And when this thing is over and you open that door, you're going to have a brand new world, something greater than you've ever seen. No residue of your past is going to hold you back. Just come into the ark with me. If you ever failed, if you ever had a bankruptcy, if you ever had a rejection, come on. If they picked everybody else and overlooked you, if you've been through divorce or tragedy, God's got another chapter for your life, honey. It's not to say that that chapter wasn't important. Might have been up to this point the greatest ever been in your life. I don't deny it. But all I'm telling you is God don't want you stuck in your past. God wants you in your future. He wants you walking ahead right here because I got something brand new and that world was great, but this right here is going to be even greater for you if you can just trust me. Some people say, I can't be happy again. I can't love again. I, you don't know what happened to me. You don't know what they did to me. No, I might not, but God knows what happened to me. And he says, I'm going to make it up to you if you'll just trust me and move forward. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Behold, I shall do a new thing. Even now it springs forth. Can't you see it? I make a way in the desert. God said, even now it springs forth. Don't dwell on the past. You can't get the future if you're always looking behind. If you're always looking in the past, you can't ever get to what he's got for you. And I hate to tell you, I've lived this. That's over. There ain't nothing I can do about it. Ain't nothing I can change. Ain't nothing I can do. 
Now I can drink out of the goodness. I can drink out of that well and just as happy and full of emotion for good because God gives us a memory. It's a gift of God. But as far as all the pain and all that stuff that tries to hold me in bondage and I can't function in life no more. Come on. I got to wipe all that away. I got to turn my back on that. And say, I can't fix that. I can't, but I'll tell you what I can do. I can go out here and start walking forward. I can trust my God and watch him give me a brand new world. I can be happy again. I can love again. I can, I can have all the benefits again. He can give it to you greater than it's ever been. But you're going to have to trust him. You're going to have to get out of the boat. I know it's painful. I know it's hurting. I know it's killing you. I know you wish you're dead at times. I, I get it. I understand all that. But at the end of the day, you can stay in a hole or either you're going to go forward and say, I'm going to trust my God. He sees everything that happened to me. He's going to do it. There's so many POWs out here locked up, stuck back in what happened to them in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, and they got to be released. The people's got to tell them the truth. You can't do nothing about all that. Quit trying to fix it. Move forward. I'm going to make you happy again. You're going to laugh again in that desert place. The sun's going to come out in your midnight again. There's a new dawn coming. That's why. I know it hurts. My God, it hurts. But man, he's, he's a good God. He's a good God. One time God told Abraham, he said, man, I got a destiny for you. I got a high place for you. You're going to have to leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household. He had to get a new perspective. I'm going to, if I'm going to go to the next level and obey the Lord, it's going to cost me something. God said, I'm going to have to leave my country. I'm going to have to leave my people. I'm going to have to leave my father's house. So tell me it didn't cost Abram something. He had to move away a thousand miles. Daddy making false idols and all. But God said, if you'll do this, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. And all peoples on the earth are going to be blessed through you. Here's what he said. You're going to have to lift up your eyes from where you are. Some of you right now, you got your head down. You might be looking at me, but on the inside, you got your head down. I come to tell you, you got to lift up your eyes from where you are. God said, I want you to look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And I want you to go walk through the land, and I want you to go measure it. Because that's all yours. It's unlimited, baby. Unlimited. What I got for you. Unlimited. You know, told me 75, you're going to have a baby. Many years went by. You know, Abraham, he, he having him a day. I ain't going to have no child. We must be too old to have a baby. Maybe I misunderstand what the word of the Lord said. Maybe I had just blew it when I, you know, had another baby, did what my wife said and all that. Maybe I just totally blew it. The Lord heard him grumbling. He said, Eliezer, be my servant, Lord. I remain childless. The Lord spoke up and said, that's not going to be your heir. I told you you're going to have a baby. 
He said, well, you know what? He said, I need you to come outside your tent. I need you to come outside with me, and I need you to look up. You know why? Because all that present circumstances, all you can see is your big old mess in there, your doubt, you're around people speaking negative to you, and, and all that junk that happened to you, it's got your vision confused. It's got your vision blurred of everything that I said to you. I need you to get up and come outside your tent, and instead of you looking around, I need you to look up, because from up here is where I'm coming. Your help comes from me. I'm the Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. Come on. I'm the bright morning star. I'm the lily of the valley. I'm Abraham's uh, sacrifice. Come on, somebody. I'm Noah's rainbow. I'm Moses' rod. I'm Aaron's rod that budded. Come on. Whatever you need, I am. I am El Shaddai, the many-breasted one, honey. Come on. I need you to quit looking around and start looking up. Got to change your view sometime. You got to change it. You got to get away from all those negative people. Some of you in business, you want to go to the next level. For all you satisfied, that's all right. You just be happy. But for some people, they want to do more. They, they, they just, they see it. They sense it. You ever felt like there's something greater in me than what I'm seeing? Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt like there's greatness on the inside of me? You need to say that about yourself. God, there's greatness on the inside of me because you planted it there. You put a drop of destiny in me before I ever got here of divine purpose and destiny. And I something in me, I'm just not happy doing this and that. It's okay and I'm content. I just know there's more in here, Lord. You died for more than this. Nothing wrong with that. If you're playing on a business field and let's say out of one to ten, you're a three. You can dump basketballs on a three-foot gold all you want, and you can hang out with ones and twos. Come on, somebody. But you might, if you want more, you're going to have to go to a four or a five or a six and start hanging out for them. Just raise your head up and peek at that next level and say, ooh, to live on that level, ooh, I got to do that, and I got to change this, and I got to act that way, and I got to dress that way to get on that level. See, some of you, you you're wanting more. But to get more, you got to change this. I, I got to change this. God wants to give you more. Don't think I've given you everything. Don't think that I will hold any good thing from you. It is my desire to give you the kingdom. God says, above all, I wish you'd prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Come on, somebody. You know... <laughs> You might have to wash your car. Come on, I don't want to offend you. But if you want to go to the next level in business, let's just be practical. John can do the spiritual side. I'll do the practical today, okay? But if you want more, you might have to wash that dirty car. Come on. You might have to kick him boots off and put you on some shoes or slippers. You might have to get that tobacco out your mouth. Come on. Sorry. Get your shirt and a tie. You might have to stop speaking that old slain language, country hick style. You know what I'm talking about, y'all, you know. And start walking in the next, just act like it. Just by God, just do the best you can. Anybody willing to change to get to the next level? God's got more for you. I can tell I offended them there. It's all right, just, just stay where you're at. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. If you could only see yourself the way your father sees you. See, I know you're in a dark season. And many of you believe this. I'm in a dark season and I can't even see the Lord. But here's what I want you to know. 
Even though you can't see him, he can see you. And he's got his eye on you. Mephibosheth was somebody dropped and hurt living in Lodibar. We know Lodibar means no pasture, nothing green, nothing living. Just eating the crumbs of life, barely getting by, hiding in seclusion. And the heart of God gets on David. He says, is there anybody in Jonathan's house that I can show kindness to? He said, go get him. Go get Mephibosheth. Bring him to me. Why? Because the, Lord, the Lord's got so much for you. He'll sin for you. He loves you. He don't want you barely getting by on a bunch of crumbs. He don't want you begging. Come on. He don't want you living like that. You're not a slave. You're not a servant. You're a son. The Bible says that he brought him in and he was expecting something bad. And David blessed him. Not only am I going to give you back your land from Jonathan, but even in Saul, even your granddaddy Saul, and your family line. All the blessing that was theirs. I'm going to restore to you right now. See I don't know if you know it or not. But if your daddy messed up. If your granddaddy messed up. God had a certain allotment and a blessing for the, your family line. And though they might not have got it. And though they might have lost it. If you'll line up and just claim it as a son. Your whole family heritage that he meant for your whole tribe. Honey can still come down to you. I've got, I've got that. That's a whole other message. It's in Chronicles, but that happened. The son lost it. The, grand, the granddaddy lost it, but somebody met Jesus. And you know what happened? Everything that they lost, it says that everything come down the family line. So I don't care what your past is. It's no excuse. God's got a blessing for you. While the enemy stole, God said he got to repay what? Seven times, God always makes him pay back with interest, but you got identified. God, I repent of my sins of my forefathers. I identify with them. But everything you had for my mama, my daddy, my granddaddy, all of my family, Lord, everything that was lost, I thank you that you're going to give it back to me. See, you don't believe that. It's in the Word. It happened right there. I'm going to give you everything back in Saul's house and your family. You know what the Bible says? He said him at the king's table and he said he loved him as a son. A sonship. You don't deserve it. You ain't got to do nothing to earn it. It's your inheritance with your name on it. And God come looking for you, Mephibosheth. Quit thinking so low of yourself. Quit thinking I've just got to you know, eat the crumbs. Nothing wrong with working in a factory. Good God, I've done some all of it. But honey, if you're tired of working long hours and no pay, you might need to be in sales. You might need to change. You might need to expand your knowledge of, and try something different. Well, that's for other people. God blesses them, but it's not for me. That's a lie. That's your thinking. God don't have no respect of a person. God will bless you just like he does me, just like he blesses. God will bless you. I met someone the other day, and the Lord revealed to me the heart. He said, she's thinking 
that this blessing's for everybody else, but not for her. And when I say, you, you believe something that's not accurate, you look out here and you see everybody else being blessed, but you. And the Lord sent me just to tell you that he wants to bless you just like he did them. And I said, there's greatness on the inside of you. See, God wants me and you today speaking to their potential, speaking to the goodness in them. You know what it'll do? It'll rise to the top. People don't need us being down to them. You'll never amount to nothing. You won't ever be anything. Your mama was bad. Your daddy bad. Your whole family tree got root rot. You will never amount to nothing. That is the devil. That is the enemy. That's not your father. God says, I don't make no junk. Everybody's got value. And he chooses to reach into the vial and he strike the pressure, honey. He's going to speak to your potential and rise to the top. That's what you and I got to do. There's goodness in everybody. There's greatness on the inside of you today. There's hidden treasure on the inside of you today. But you might have to get a different view. What you've been seeing, what you behold, what you'll become. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Ruth is one that had a dark season, lost her husband, all that. You know the story. Left her mama, her daddy, her homeland. How do you think she felt? Left everything over here. Left it all to follow God in a Naomi that she saw. Come back to Bethlehem. Didn't know where to go. Just said, I got to go to work. We got to eat. Let me know work's a good thing. Work is a gift from God. Work, it, it's a blessing to go out and work and eat from the fruit of your hands. Amen? It's a gift. I can tell I wish you'd more excited about it. But it's a gift of God. Greatest asset you've got. Come on. Your time. Work. She went out. Said she found herself working in Boazville. See, I don't know if you know it, but Boaz was rich. All the girls know who Boaz is. You know. Because he's the young, rich one, not married. Boaz comes in the field. You know what Boaz does? Who is that young one over there? Who's she blown to? I'm going to tell you something. First of all, when you go out into the field, not even know where you're going. You just go out and go to work and do your part. Boaz is the Lord. And Boaz owns the whole field. And he says that Boaz took notice of her. Can I tell you that your father has taken notice of you? He sees you. When you go out and just do your part, honey, she went out, and guess what? It turned out. And every time you go out, trust in him. He's going to see to it that it turns out. Well, what if it don't work out over here? Just get back over here, trade that off, and keep, just keep on going. It is impossible to miss the will of God if you'll just keep walking with him. We used to pray for decades and just fast and fret and worry ourselves about finding the will of God. Honey, the, the will of God is running you down. Hunting you. Go run slop over you if you just don't turn your back and go to the house. I ain't even sure about then. He can probably still get it there. But anyway, you're going to walk slap dab through divine appointments and divine connections into what your God's got for you. Just keep walking. Just keep moving forward. I don't know where I'm going. I don't care if you know where you're going. Things will begin to happen for you. 
Just follow his lead. We've got to change our perspective today. You know, we're not a slave. You're a son. You're a daughter. Anybody agree with that? See, you and I see dirt, but he sees the treasure in the dirt. You and I see the past, but he sees your future. You only see yesterday and today, but he sees yesterday, today, and forever. You see a mess, but he sees a message. You see a test, but he sees a testimony. Come on, somebody. You see a seed, but he sees a harvest. You see a problem, but he sees provision. You see a mountain, but he sees a miracle. You see a baby, but he sees a Savior. Come on. You see your life broken in pieces and fragments, but he sees you whole again. You see filthy rags, but he sees the righteousness of God. You see yourself a sinner, but he sees you as a saint. You see yourself losing, but he sees you winning. Do you understand that he made all of creation five days? Everything that man would ever need, he made for you, and then he made man. What is that? Everything you'd ever need, he made for you before you ever got here. So the next time a problem ever arises in your life, God hadn't got to go hunt no new solution. He already provided the solution before the need ever arose in your life. You just got to go out. See, that gives me great rest. I'm in sales. Some of us live on commissions. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How do you do it? I just know that it, somewhere along the way it happened that he's with me. No matter where I go and what direction I take my car, he's with me. And if I just be Ruth and go out in the field, sooner or later, he's going to show up. Sooner or later, I'm going to find somebody that needs what I got. Sooner or later, my father is going to bless me when I least expect it. And you know when he blesses me the most? When, when most of the time when I totally blew it and doubted him and deserve it the least, he just kissed you with something good and big. And you like, I didn't deserve that. He said, I know you didn't, but I just want to give it to you because you're my son. It isn't based on what you and I do or how good we've been. Like religions told us, they lied to us. It's based on I'm a son or a daughter and he loves me, period, the end. He's crazy about me. He's leaping over the mountains, peeping through the lattice. Do you know how you feel about your child when you're looking out the window washing dishes or in the house and they are there swinging and running and playing and laughing? Do you know how that makes your heart feel? How you think it makes his heart feel when he sees you happy, hunting and fishing and laughing and enjoying yourself? Makes his heart swell. That's my boy. I don't care if your boy goes to the play and stands on his head and messes up every line. You'll leave out there. That's my boy. Your heart will be full. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Some mom or daddy, your heart swells. That's my son. That's mine. Might have screwed up, but that's my boy. You ever been there? 
the Lord sees you like that. He sees you winning. He sees you successful. He sees you at the top, never the bottom. Come on. If you find yourself in your darkest season right now, I'm going to tell you something. It's because there's something good on the other side. God's got another chapter for you. God's got another level for you. I know it. I've lived it. God's got some suddenlies in your life. You know when suddenlies happen? Suddenlies happen when you go through your normal process, just putting one foot in front of the other every day, just going out every day, every day. And all of a sudden, suddenly happening in your life. God's got good things for you. He loves you. He's for you. He's not mad at you today. When I pulled up and the Lord says, I, I wish they could see themselves the way that I see them. I heard a song. And I heard the song. The title was, You See. I had to take to my daughter and see who ever sung it because it's been years since I'd heard it. And I went and I said, change the music. We're going to play this tonight. I want you to stand on your feet. I want you to shut your eyes. I want you to listen. We're going to play this song, You See. And I just want you, I just challenge you. Maybe you need to get a new perspective about your situation. Maybe you need to see things the way that the Lord sees things. How many is willing to change your view and see things the way the Lord does if he'll give it to you? The Lord wants you blessed more than you even want to be blessed. He's got inventions. He's got the great stuff, y'all. He got it all. But you got to get off the shore and out into the waves. You got to follow him. You got to go out and do your part. I want this song to challenge you. It says, I want to see the way that you see. And I pray this has encouraged you today. Lift up your eyes from where you are. Look around. Go measure the land. You thinking too small, often when something doesn't work out, it's because you was willing to settle for two less than he had for you. God's got something great for you, something big. There's greatness in every one of you in here. There's greatness. Because my Father put it in you. Stand on your feet. Play that right there. Be encouraged this morning. Come on. Oh
everything 